The last two years have changed the way we work and has made us reconsider ways of working, both from an employer and an employee point of view. While we know things have changed, data on how this is impacting workplaces is still quite sparse. This episode, we're going to see how our human capital team is working to fill in the gaps in HR trends and metrics. We'll hear about the great resignation, employee engagement, and how some companies are adjusting their engagement strategies to deal with current and future challenges. We're also going to talk about what those trends tell us about the future of the workforce. I'm Kira Johnston, and this is the Leadership Perspective Series from the Conference Board of Canada. Each episode, we sit down with an expert or experts to hear their perspectives on an issue that's affecting the lives of Canadians. Joining us today is Lauren Florco, Senior Research Associate in the Human Capital and Inclusion Research Teams at the Conference Board of Canada. And we're going to talk about her recent research on HR trends and metrics. Lauren, welcome to Leadership Perspectives. Thank you for having me. Lauren, what does the HR Trends and Metrics project cover? Our project covers key HR metrics that our members and organizations have told us is what's on their mind. So we look at things like turnover, engagement, diversity, inclusion, absenteeism, as well as many other topics. We're hearing lots about this concept of a great resignation. Is this something we're seeing in Canada? Yes and no. No in the fact that on the whole, we're not seeing people leave organizations drastically different compared to previous years. However, we do see certain areas in certain industries where we do see this great attrition or resignation. We're specifically seeing some of those bigger pockets in knowledge-based industries or positions. What I mean by knowledge-based, this is typically any type of work that requires a higher postgraduate degree. People like engineers or accountants, lawyers, scientists, One possibility about why we're seeing these people leave more frequently is that a lot of these positions can actually work from home. And when you work from home, you can work for anyone, anywhere, anytime. That market is really competitive. And these roles are also easily shifted into self-employed roles or consulting style roles. Another reason why I say yes and no is because we see a big risk of attrition for those that are eligible to retire. We saw many people who were eligible to retire postpone retirement because there was nowhere to travel to during the pandemic or people were worried about the financial risk. We're seeing the number of people who are eligible to retire as double or triple the rates that we normally see. And this is amplified by that aging baby boomer population. This number is getting even higher. How high are we talking? We are anticipating about 7% of retiring this year and another 10% in the next three years. When you actually estimate those that might early retire, that number can get up to 20%. This is more than double, sometimes triple our normal rate. We're seeing that about half of those that are eligible to retire are coming from our trades and service and production areas, which puts a huge strain because these were already areas, especially trades, that we saw that labor shortage. What can organizations do to help reduce this impact? One, if you have high turnover, listen to your employees and really pinpoint where you can increase their engagement levels. We asked some HR leaders who were excelling in this area what they're doing specifically. We talked to Simcor, and they're an Ontario-based financial services company, and they used a multi-pronged approach. They specifically adapted the role of the leader to be less of a manager and to be more of a coach and build in more of that individual personal development, not just with their leaders, but also through their courses and training and development. 
And they're also focused on going through a more cultural shift where they're changing people's mindsets to be more of a collective team. We also talked to BC Hydro, who had high engagement levels, to see what they were doing. They were looking at engagement from a much more inclusive lens. They looked at taking steps to create employee networks, to provide a safe space, to share experiences, as well as to create more individualized benefits and flexible work arrangements. Our recommendations to address the high retirement rates is to build stronger succession plans that includes that accelerated development for younger employees or employees of different equity deserving groups, and then also working on retention plans for those older high performers who might be eligible to retire soon. We need to keep a legacy knowledge of those older employees, and so finding ways to have them mentor the younger employees or documenting their journeys and processes, and those can be embedded into onboarding materials, job aids, as well as other opportunities. Finally, we encourage organizations to think more flexibly about what retirement means. If someone's a key employee, finding ways to offer that gradual retirement or contract work, can they work from home, how can you find ways to retain their skills and knowledge while you upscale your existing workforce along the way? What can organizations do to help reduce this impact? We talked to some organizations who had really good metrics in this area to see what they were doing. And typically what they did is they took a step back and looked at a much higher level approach. They were looking more at the overall culture and what they were trying to achieve as an organization. Another recommendation we have is around this looming risk of retirement. And because we're seeing a lot of this risk with people eligible to retire, we are recommending that succession plans be built in to gain some of that knowledge, have them mentor younger employees, have them build out onboarding exercises so that people can understand their journeys and what legacy knowledge they have. In the meantime, building succession plans for when those people leave of who you want to then fill those gaps is essential to make sure that we're building organizations and filling those gaps. This is a great opportunity as well to accelerate the development of those who might be equity deserving groups that didn't have those opportunities available to them before. Lauren, in speaking about the culture and environment, you mentioned engagement levels. Do we know how engaged employees are and does this vary dramatically between remote, hybrid and in-office workers? We asked organizations how engaged their employees are. We see about two thirds of Canadian employees are currently engaged, which is consistent year over year. We don't see drastic differences depending on industry or region, which is great for us Canadians. However, we do see about a quarter of individuals are not engaged. And this is particularly problematic because there could be a good percentage of people in the workforce who are not helping the organization achieve its goals because they're actively disengaged. In terms of people working from home or working remotely and their engagement levels, what we generally saw during the pandemic is those that were working from home generally still want to work from home. And those that were in the office are happy to still go into the office. It's likely because there's so much change that's been happening. People kind of just want to continue with what they've been doing. As you're looking to build engagement for your employees, look at what type of benefits that you are offering to people when people have different family status or different age groups. We're seeing that what people are looking for in terms of remote work versus flexible work can vary. So making sure that you're providing those opportunities for people to raise their hand, come into the office at certain points, stay home at different points, depending on where they are in their journeys. 
but if organizations are overwhelmed on where to start, what do you suggest? We suggest just talking to your employees. Have a two-way conversation. You can do this either individually as a manager with your individual employees, or if you're an executive, start with that company-wide survey to get a good understanding of what people want. Our previous research saw seven key themes about what drives engagement. Confidence in senior leadership, the relationships with people's individual manager, meaningful work, professional growth, recognition, relationships with coworkers, and having autonomy. Part of that is that confidence with senior leaders, so having that two-way conversation is important. We also recommend that finding ways to build meaningful work for employees and recognizing them for their work along the way and letting them do what they do best, giving them the autonomy and trusting their subject matter expertise is essential. And then finding that environment where people feel that they can be their true selves and they can have good relationships with their coworkers is another reason why people tend to stay with their organizations. We saw that even though two thirds of our workforce is happy, there is that quarter of people that are unhappy. So you really need to look at who those unhappy people are, because that can tell you if there's subcultures or if there's certain people that are just really unhappy, if it's a certain team that's unhappy, or if you looked at your engagement survey and you saw, hey, we're doing great. 70% of people are engaged. But if you split it by gender and you see, oh, it's 90% of males are engaged and 50% of females are engaged, that might give you that overall great number. But that's telling you a much different story about who actually likes working at your organization. Are you seeing examples of this in your data? Organizations are typically measuring engagement so differently that we don't necessarily see this deep dive analysis split. But we do ask about representation of different equity-seeking groups across organizations, and we can make some assumptions. While we see that there is some good representation of women and racialized people in organizations, when you start to look at it by organizational level, you see that everybody is hitting a ceiling. And we're seeing that there's some underrepresentation at that management and executive level. We're trying to understand where these differences are, and this is where we see the opportunity for succession plans to build these groups up with that looming retirement risk is so critical. What should organizations take away from all of this information? What organizations should take away is really looking at this shift between the ways that we're working and how the employer-employee relationship is becoming much more of a two-way street. We're seeing that this is now a two-way conversation rather than just a top-down conversation. From some of our discussions with Simcor and BC Hydro, we got great recommendations that organizations look at that bigger picture and not just focus in on those specific metrics. For instance, examining how your work processes can be hindering engagement or creating non-meaningful work, or examining how your engagement is linked to your inclusion efforts are a great start. We've seen time and again that equity-deserving groups are underrepresented in management and executive levels. However, even though people have identified these as top priorities, we don't actually see as many organizations tracking this progress as we would like. Less than half are actually tracking this. We know that what gets measured gets focused. So we first recommend people track these metrics, and then we have a great opportunity to then utilize this information and build out targeted development plans and succession plans to get those individuals into these positions where we're seeing retirement risks. Although the looming retirement is potentially going to be disruptive to organizations, we see this as a great opportunity 
that we can redesign our workforces to better reflect the diversity of our Canadian population and their needs. Lauren, tell us about some of the projects you're working on right now. Just recently, we put out some releases around women-led ventures, particularly women that are going the venture capital route. We also recently looked at the health benefits that employees want and whether or not they're getting those met by organizations. Upcoming, we have more research around HR metrics, including learning and development, recruitment, organizational design, and succession. If you're interested in this research, we do have our survey open year round that you can fill out and obtain the data tables for free. But we also offer very tailorized custom reports for you and your organization to benchmark where you might be in comparison to your peers. Thank you for your time today, Lauren. And it was a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you, Kira. You can check out Lauren's research by following the links in the episode description. If you like what you hear, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing. For more podcasts, research, commentary, and ideas, visit conferenceboard.ca.